Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Allow me to begin by apologizing on behalf of Reverend Julian Kula to all the people that are standing. Uh, we or he has ordered 10,000 chairs that will be here. By noon, you will be seated. Hallelujah. So those that are in the outer court, we apologize for that. But it is a good problem. Those who have prayed for revival, they are saying, Lord, thank you. That a generation has gathered and they are willing to pay the price. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. When I looked at that poster, I was the youngest. I was born in Samburu, raised in Narok. And came to Nairobi because of studies. But who is God? Who is God? And what I realized is that when I was praying, I saw as if Rev. Julian was pushing me and saying, son, now fly. Because in this life, politicians go to rallies to endorse their own. And it takes fathers and elders to endorse. That is why Paul was anointed, but he was endorsed in Jerusalem. So anointing is a tool, but endorsement is what gives you authority of access. And so this meeting is mine because I came for an endorsement. And when I saw that poster, the Lord told me, we are receiving a Nigerian sound, an apostle from Nigeria. And the Lord spoke and said, and other sounds will arise from Kenya. Hallelujah. And it begins on a local level. Then a sound becomes territorial. And then it becomes national. We have heard of South African sounds. We have heard of Western sounds. We have heard of West African sound. It's time for East Africa sound. Songs that are done in this land. We sing songs we don't understand. I don't know what Agregula Puru means. But a sound has affected our terrain. Why? Because this realm is not about a message. It's about a sound. That is why John was asked, who are you? He said, a voice crying in the wilderness. So the Lord is not raising pastors he's raising carriers of eternal sounds it can be in a music it can be in preaching but i believe the hour cometh and i believe this meeting i traveled to nigeria and the lord told me these are your big brothers learn from them 
because they are things that they have. But as you learn, don't imitate. Understand your territory is unique. Ah, okay. She does a Kenyan is there too. She does a mass sponsor is there too. She does a kuskiza vilema marriage. Sinanguka subui kwa radio nizetu. Na hiyo shida itasotiwa na a local sound. May the Lord raise that sound in our territory. That is why the Lord put a pardon in my spirit. He told me Bishop Harrison and the fathers are doing meetings to attend to a certain audience and he told me Apostle Kemani and the elders and the fathers are doing meetings to attend to a certain generation and he asked me who is preaching to your generation and I said I cannot begin by going to town I told my people our generation is in high school the one we need to pastor and the Lord released a button and he said listen if this generation does not arise in the law of military I always call back retired generals I met a man of God Bishop Mulandi 70 years doing high school missions the Lord told me it is a shame he said this is your generation I gathered my team I said there is no offering there but if no one preaches to that generation the mantles will die with our fathers and I said call me a youth pastor they are the majority in Kenya I am happy to be a youth pastor because I know that generation carries a sound. I saw something when Honorable Sakaja and Erika, they were having tea. And I said, that generation does not fight. When they lose elections, they have tea. But there is a generation, when they lose election, they go to court. Things are changing. The terrain is changing. The old move is going. And another order is coming. And this is the commissioning time. Time for the generation to take their nation. Ah. You know. Okay, have your seats. I teach something. And then we will make a prayer as a church. Let me teach what a church is. Because many of you go to a house, but you have never gone to church. Tell your neighbor, apostolic sound has apostolic revelations. Matthew chapter number 16 from 13. This is going to be heavy. I have limited time. And because it is the morning and the first session, your minds are fresh to receive heavy dose. Matthew 16, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, 
Who do people say the son of man is? Now, why this region? Because history tells us there were stones engraved with the name of other gods. So when he entered in this region that had stones that bore the name of other gods, he wanted to know, when I leave, will you engrave my name here as other gods? Because I am not another God. I am the Lord of Lords. The King of Kings. And he asked them, who do men say? Now he never asked who do men say the Son of God is. You need to understand apostolically, every Son of God is a Son of Man. That is why we have spiritual fathers because they are men that gave birth to us spiritually. And we submit under men, not looking at the men, but looking at the grace in that man. Now, can we expound on this matter? Because fatherhood has been taught not by apostles, but it has been taught by other graces, but it is an apostolic doctrine. Now, the people that are teaching fatherhood are raising servants and not sons. Because apostolic language is that relationship is not horizontal, it is vertical. Horizontal is a language of rank. I don't want to mention those names, but we have them in our churches. Archbishop, Bishop, Senior, Dr. Reverend. Now that is horizontal. And it is not bad to have an Archbishop. Please get me right. Are we together? But when sound begins to change, you discover Peter calls Paul, Brother Paul. Not senior apostle of the Gentiles. And Paul does not call Peter senior executive apostle of the Jews. He calls him brother because apostolic church is a relational church. It is a church where you call him dad because there is a relationship. And there is a responsibility of the father to the son. The patterns are in the Old Testament. We don't submit to men. We submit to the grace that the man carries. The man can have his own manly nature. But the grace is what we are looking for. And a man can be younger than you. But grace is not recognizant of age. Elisha was older than Elijah, but Elijah fathered Elisha. This is a language of grace, not age. We can be age mates, but we are not grace mates. We can even be desk mates, but we are not 
Christmas. And God chooses who to give grace. So it is not a democratic preference. It is an ordination by Zion. So whether you love the grace or not, we didn't choose it. Some of us who are geologists with a career path, but grace overruled our career. And now Elisha. Elijah meets Elisha. Let's appreciate our father, Bishop J.B. Amen. You know, as Kenyans, we need to know the fathers of the land. We are so patriotic with other nations. We don't know the history of Kenya. I read the story of this man and I heard how he opened up his lands with miracles. I know you know stories of America. It's time to be patriotic spiritually. It's time to know our fathers and know what they carry and I'm coming there. Are we together? Thank you, Dad. Now listen. Elisha was older than Elijah. But whatever Elijah carried, Elisha needed. Now, Elisha was working on a plow, the twelfth one. According to 1 Kings 19. So, it is not that he did not have what he was doing. And Elijah, this is in Hebrew, they call it atalit. It is a garment of prayer. This does not answer prayer. It was a garment of prayer. You can carry to the prayer mountain, but if you are not praying, this is not prayer. And I bought it to preach. And it is very expensive. Now, what Elijah was carrying was his garment of prayer. So he comes and meets Elisha plowing. And he hits him with a talit. This is what they call a mantle. He hit him with a talit, the garment of prayer. And Elisha turns, but he does not see a man. He sees a grace that can change his life. And he follows the man. And Elijah asks him, what did I do to you? But the man knows there is something you have that I need. And so as he pursues Elijah, he goes back and tells him, let me finish with the old move. And follow the new move. He went and slaughtered the oxes and burned them. If there is no desperation of pursuit, ask Peter. Peter abandoned the nets. When Jesus died, he organized a meeting of fishermen and said, guys, we left our nets. We can go back to fishing. It is like this thing is over. It was a wrong political move. And they went back to their nets. The pursuit of assignment is when you can burn the former move and pursue God desperately. There is a desperation that makes men receive the dealings of Zion. Some of you, your nets are still there just in case. The decree I have is for my daughter to know 
she has a learned father. Just to tell her daughter and son, your father never went to ministry because there was nothing in his head. The calling was greater than these papers. Hallelujah. And the man began to pursue Elijah. And Elijah never gave him an easy time. You come to 2 Kings, the whole chapter. That is where the transactions happen. And there are four significant areas that every father takes his sons. The first area is called Gilgal. Somebody say Gilgal. Somebody say Gilgal. The area called Gilgal is the area where Joshua circumcised Israel. Hey. Many want mantles. Hands can be laid, but nothing is transacted. Because Gilgal is where a father circumcises his children. If you cannot trust a father with your nakedness, you have no business with what he carries. No one is circumcised in a suit. You must come with your wounds and tell him, Daddy, hi, I have a baby mama, but I have a call. Can we talk? Daddy, I messed up when I was young. This is me, circumcise me. But many people want to come when they are self-made. And that's why, Rev, we don't have sons. We have colleagues and servants. Because they think this thing is about preaching. It's about sonship. A father does not release mantle on servants. Servants work for wages. Sons labor for inheritance. And the battle of the prodigal son was to distort sonship. Because after, by the way, the name prodigal is not lost. It is wasteful. That's why he never lost the title son, but he was a wasteful son. So one son had the revelation of inheritance, but not time. You don't receive inheritance when the father is alive. So the son came for what was right, but in the wrong time. The other son did not have revelation of inheritance. So the father had one son who was a servant. And the other son left and came with a servant mentality. Because the letter read, I am not worthy to be called your son. You cannot revoke sonship. Even if a father denounces you, you are still a son that is rejected. There are men that left their fathers. But when they preach, we hear their father in them. Because you cannot revoke that DNA. Am I speaking to anyone? And now, at this level, the father has two sons with servant mentality. And he has to restore the son to sonship. And he gives him his own garment that is a covering. Because a good father will embrace you in your shame. 
You don't become a son when you are wearing metals. You are a son even when we are changing diapers. We are not worthy of your crown if we never dealt with your diapers. But I know there are people who are called sons when they begin to wear metals. It is a lie. And the work of a father is messy because sometimes a father is fought because of the mistakes of the son. Because when David killed Goliath, they asked, whose son is this? Both success and failure give credit or discredit your father. If you succeed, we'll ask who's son. If you mess up, we'll ask who's son. That's why in our homes, when a girl becomes pregnant, they say, Mtoto wanani. So the burden is carried by the parents. And that's why the father said, Come and gave him his garment because the son never left his clothes. He was given a covering of the father. He was given a ring, a restoration of authority. He was given sandals and restoration of sonships. Servants don't wear sandals. Sons wear them. And the father released a bash, a sign of responsibility. I am here to send men back to their fathers. And can I say something? Someone asked me this question. How many, and this is not tribal, please get me very right. He asked me, how many Kenyan fathers have sons abroad? But how many sons have fathers abroad? We have fathers in Kenya. How many Kenyan fathers have sons abroad? Very few. But many Kenyan sons don't have local fathers. And the easiest way, Bishop Iruri told me yesterday, the easiest way for wealth is to build upon inheritance. Otherwise, you might begin where the father began. And there is a lot of self. We are in the age of building the Tower of Babel for ourselves. But you go to Genesis 12. As these men were building a building and a city for themselves. Genesis 12, the Lord raised a man and he said, I shall make your name great. In Genesis 11, they wanted to be great by effort. Genesis 12, then God says, I'll make your name great. There is a God that makes men great. And there are efforts of men that are futile. And the man whose name was made great began to look for a city whose builder was God. Because there are cities that God built. Tell your neighbor, kill girl. Tell your neighbor, kill girl. The second city is Bethel. Bethel. Every father will lead their children to the place of encounters. A good father does not pray for you. A good father teaches you how to pray for yourself. If you are building a system around a man, that's a cult. But if the man is teaching you how to build around Jesus, that's a church. Can I share something? Men are in ranks. You can come to me or you come to one of the fathers 
and they pray for you and that door opens but that door has opened because of his rank now when you enter in that door you cannot fight the battles of that door that is why some of you have perfected the art of seed a door opens you release a seed battles come you carry a seed when that man dies you're in trouble the man has to lift you to his rank of opening doors Hi. that is why the success of apostolic ministry is not in how many people are coming to church but how many we have sent with what we carry we don't count the number of seated men it is the number of dispatched sons our eyesight is not political the glory of a king is in multitude the glory of an apostle is in the sending that I can go to Nakuru and say that business is run by a son I raised and it is five years I benefit from his offering but he has never called me because I taught him how to secure territories all he shares are testimonies that is why we must pour what we have to you so that even if we die unless a seed goes to the ground it abideth in nothing the principle of Jesus was duplicity if out of this meeting we can have a hundred pastors a hundred reverend Kula, a hundred bishop JB a hundred uh, apostle Kemani a hundred Joshua Selman Kenya can never be the same again and Bethel is where Jacob encountered God and the mystery of Bethel he saw angels ascending and descending meaning that those angels never came from heaven they came from earth grammar we bless the Lord for the late Kibaki for free education. Now we can teach depth. The word ascend means you are coming from a lower area to an elevated area. That's why there was a ladder. The Bible writes in Revelation, I write to the angels in the church. Your pastor is an angel. Okay. They are terrestrial angels and celestial Celestial live in the realm of the spirit. Terrestrial are men. That's why the Bible says some entertain angels. Don't wait for a man with glory. It was a pastor you cooked two eggs and the kitchen farm expanded. Why? At that level, a man entered that can shake and declare peace in this house. They are carriers of grace. The name angels is angelos. It means the sent one. And God introduced Jacob to Bethel. He said, I was in the place where God was. And I didn't know. He called that place Bethel, the house of God. The first encounter with an angel is in Bethel, the house of God. But when you have a good angel, he will transition you from Bethel to El Bethel. When Jacob came from Laban, he entered Bethel and he said, now this place is El Bethel. 
That means I have now encountered the God of the house of God. Some of you, you have an encounter with a house. You have never encountered the God of the house. There must be a migration from entering a house to meeting the God of the house. You must move from Bethel to El Bethel. And a good father will begin to introduce you to his God. That's why there are places where fathers share their hearts. It is not in church. It is in midweek services. Morning glories. Those small fellowships, that's how they know now these are sons. The others are members. Maybe they came to church because of proximity. But if they cannot be close to my heart. David had 400 men in the cave. But he recognized three. He calls them three mighty men. Not of, David, of God, of David. Because God gives men to men. Hey. They are men of Pastor D. Some of them are here. They have been given to me. And they are my men. And even you as a father, you must have your men. And some I have changed diapers. And as a good father, I have a rod and a staff. The rod is for bears and lions. The staff is for them. Rudyuku, Rudyuku, Karasawa. And a good sheep, a good sheep follows the shepherd. This is a Masai in a Kierehere, Zikombele Amchungaji. The Jewish sheep used to follow the shepherd. And because they were many, if they could not see the shepherd, they will follow the staff. That's why we give bishop a staff. So when the sheep sees the staff, it knows the shepherd is still there. And a good shepherd has a porch that has stones, sling. Because whatever brought Goliath down was not an armory. It was a shepherd too. They gave him the garments of Saul. But you can't kill a giant through combat. He's too big for you. David understood a system called the sling system. It is the system of dealing with distant enemies. They may be big, but they are distant. So you see them coming. And you're like, where were I know? Vilo mekuja. Kwa mesenja. And you release. Hallelujah. It was a shepherd tool that killed Goliath. When you read that story well, you'll discover there were two stones in operation. When one hit the forehead, the man fell face forward. Gravity dictates when you are hit from here, you go backward. The rock of ages was in that wall. Hey! It is called the battle of divine partnership. You show up, he shows up. You throw, unarusha, anarusha. I know you know wakiesabu tunaesabu, but hapa wakirusha tunarusha. And then the rock hit Goliath and he fell. Because Goliath was not a giant to pray out. 
There are giants you don't go to the mountain. You show up in the battlefield. And then God shows up. Because that battle elevates your status. After that, the musicians, I see bits on here, of the city, the women composed the soul. And women are good. They began to say, one has killed a thousand, the other one ten thousand. And Saul was bitter. There was a new sound in town. Tell your neighbor Bethel. Tell your neighbor El Bethel. A good father will also take you to Jericho. These are the place where you see walls come down. I was told by one of the sons of Revkula that the man is ever dreaming and when they manage to secure the place in Mombasa Road, the sons now have faith in the dreams of the father because it looked like we can't get this area. But when they saw the supernatural dimensions and the walls fall, Today, if Rev says we are doing Rema in two weeks, they say, Daddy, we know. We know your faith. And that's why every man of God and every father, you must believe God for things that only God can deliver. The Bible says, the widow that fed Elijah, the son died. And the widow came and told Elijah, did you come to judge my house? Elijah said, give me the son. And Elijah went and prayed and said, Lord, why did you kill this son? And Elijah brought the, the son back alive. The widow said, now I know you are a man of God. Meaning, even the day oil increased, she was still doubting. May the Lord give you miracles that will confirm your office. There is a lot of disrespect do you know what Joseph told his family in Genesis? He said, if they ask you what you do, tell them you have been shepherds from birth because the Pharaoh hates shepherds. And that is how they will give you the land of Goshen. We are shepherds from birth. Egypt may hate us, but we can't change our status. Nowadays, we are afraid to say I'm a pastor because man will look at you and smile. But the Lord, that shepherd anointing is what delivered Israel. Hi. The next thing, a father will take you to Jordan. Jordan is where transactions happen. Are we together? After Jordan, the Bible says in Bethel, Elisha met the sons of the prophet and they began to tell him don't you know that you are master not father master you can see the doctrine is to distort sonship they met the same sons they were not sons of one prophet they were the sons of the prophets they were not committed to one grace every father in town was their father some fathers will tell you even strangers come and say, you know you are my father, but they never see them anywhere. When David wrote about these three mighty men, he said, these are the men that broke the garrison of the Philistines to attend, not to my speech, but my desire. One day the father was remembering there were good waters in Bethlehem. 
But the sons were too close to pick the heartbeat of their father. When you have sons that can pick your heartbeat, you are blessed. Some are too far to even know what you want. They just come for prayers. They draw, but they never water. And when David was writing his last chapter, he said, this man is not the battles they fought. It is the attention they gave to me. As a father, he said, these men are mighty. They are men who fought great battles. But they are those who located their desires. I don't sit to advise my father. I always sit to listen to my father. And when I pick his heartbeat, I run. Because fathers don't look for anointed sons. They look for faithful and committed sons. Because anointing can be released, but faithfulness can never be released. It's a nature in a man to be faithful. But anointing, we can teach you the path. That's why they say character is cultivated, but anointing is activated. There are many anointed Lone Rangers briefcase ministry. No father. Before the temple was open, in the book of Ezra, they opened the genealogies to know who was born from Aaron. A time is coming where before you go to a meeting, you must go with the endorsement of a father. But Bishop JP will ask you, I have heard your message, but who's your father? I need to open the genealogies and know the DNA of your ministry. Oh, Jesus. That's why genealogies are given and women are not mentioned. Except those who appeared there supernaturally. A prostitute, Rahab, they have to remind you. A Gentile, Ruth, they have to remind you. But you hear so and so fathered. Because the work of fathering, the work of a mother is to bring forth the work of a man is to father. Absent fathers, listen to me. When Joseph took Jesus to the temple, it was called the circumcision of the mind to see whether the father had taught him Torah. The work of Mary was to ask, where is he? It is called care. The work of women is to nurture. But the work of men is to father. Genealogies must change. That's why we are having men cross-dressing and they are celebrated because they were fathered by mothers wakona umama. Can we talk? Yesterday one bishop made a joke and he was enjoying another bishop and he said, how is Nakuru girls? Because all the leaders We'll have that conversation in another conference. <laughs> and I'm not against women leaders. I respect them. I have a wife, a mother, and a daughter. If she wants to go to politics, I'll support her. But I'll also raise men to understand their territorial function. Hallelujah. Jordan. Whatever Elijah carried was his prayer garment. The test of Elisha was sonship. Mantles and graces are not released on servants. It's a waste. Servants are given wages. 
That is why when you left that church as a keyboardist, because they were not paying you, you are a servant. They were not paying you. They were not paying you because of a gift you received for free. Okay, listen. A good father takes care of his children. He has to be concerned what you eat and where you live. But we also have abusive fathers. And how many know? Sometimes fathers are not wrong. Even though they are wrong. That's why there is a language called release me. Because as a father you are always right even when you are wrong. Because that rank does not address you from your scars. It addresses you from your grace. Every time David showed up, Saul said, Is that you my son? An abusive father who wants to kill the son. But the, but the son spared the father. He said, listen, I cannot kill that which God anointed. Even the man that brought news that Saul is dead, he looked at his countenance and said, you are celebrating. When an anointed has fallen, the man died. Some of us, we have men that come to gossip our bishops with us. Because they did something that you didn't like. Listen, this government is not about democracy. It's about order and ranks and who God chooses to place where. That's why we treat fathers casually. And they land in other nations and anointings move. One day I went with my spiritual father in South Africa. I said, I don't know the man I've been following. He preached. I said, who is the man we have in Kenya? But in Kenya, in a because there is a level where a father says but he's not a child he's trying to relate but he's still a father never confuse I am now releasing a local sound never confuse for being a colleague and that's why if your father is your BFF there is a problem they cannot be BFFs because there is a time he needs to rebuke. The name father means Abba and Pata. There is a daddy side. But there is a discipline side. There is a side he tells you sit for one month. No reason. And says every Sunday I want to see in church. Begin to say now dictatorship has entered church. <laughs> and maybe saving you from the warfare on the pulpit. But you, you think standing here to see is a mighty show. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Our fathers will not be ignored because of what they carry. Now, Elisha pursues Elijah. I want to correct something. And as he pursues Elijah, he asked him, what do you want? He said, a double portion of your anointing. He said, what? You have asked for a hard because the labors of my one portion, you don't know. Now you want a double portion. I have seen people leave church saying I feel fire and my father is not releasing me. Listen, whatever you want is a hard even the fathers never received it easily. How will they give it easily? And we call a meeting like this and say anyone who wants to be a pastor, come. Puchu, puchu, puchu. Call her. Go and preach. No. This thing, it is hard. It is hard. We have sold houses we have sold cars. We, 
even have sacrificed our families. And then you think, laying of hands, you will get my labors of 30 years. It is a hard thing. You better go, but I can release a hard thing easily because you will never value it. My mom used to buy me shoes and I used to step them at the back and I'll come dragging them. One day I went and did Kazi Jengo one week. I bought white sneakers. I never wore them because I needed to buy a toothbrush to wash soap. <laughs> I used to put those shoes on the roof, roof and watch them dry. And there is no one day I stepped on them and dragged them. Why? I knew the price of shoes. Some of you, you don't know the price of pulpit. You found an established church. You don't know the tears. You don't know the labors. And now you are saying, we need a boat for accountability. Where is our money going? Which money? And you are not even consistent in your time. And then you begin to incite others. This thing is a hard. And that's why some of the fathers don't walk with men with perceived anointed. But they know it's better a faithful son than an anointed rebel. Who might give the pulpit and the next thing is thinking exit. How he will feel at an Yosha talking about Shirika. I rather have one that has carried my Bible and has never asked me before preaching. And you know this one is a son. He said it's a half thing, but he said, listen, whatever you are asking is prophetic. It is the birthright blessing of a firstborn son. If you see, you shall have it. It was not the mantle. If you see the grace I carry, you will have it. And the Bible says, the wild winds took Elijah to heaven. But Elisha said, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel, the grace upon Elijah was not a mantle, it was chariots. Let us collect doctrine. We have gone for Vitambas, they are not helping us. Oh, this is a mantle. I was given by my father a point of contact. I have no problem. But if you don't see what the father carries, one man told me, I went to my father after lunch hour and I saw something upon him. He asked me, have you seen it? He said, even my biological son has never seen it. He told him, kneel down. And he blessed him. He said, go. That's the angel that guards me. He said, now, where I have entered, you will enter. Because I can't tell men what I carry. Let them see. Whatever was upon Elijah were chariots. Chariots are territorial. There is a battle of arrows that is to protect territory. Slings for distant enemies. Anytime chariots were released in Israel, it was for security of a territory. That's why Pharaoh, after he released the children of Israel, he took 600 
chariot. And the Bible says, Israel now was afraid. And the Bible says, the Lord pierced through the fire and looked at them because the king of Egypt was, a, was approaching a community whose king was God. That is why the Lord dealt with Pharaoh because Israel did not have a king. Anytime chariots are released is war. That's why Elijah grace was a chariot grace. You can't confront kings with arrows. They have them. The next thing you'll find yourself on all news and blogs and they will begin to look for things that you have not done. But when you come with a chariot grace, that level, then you can face a king, not with a battalion, but with a grace. That is why one day Elijah was surrounded. Elisha now. He was surrounded at the foot of the mountain. He said, Lord, open the eyes of a servant because a servant can never see what a father has. And the Bible says there were chariots. That was the anointing of Elisha. He was saying, open the servant's eye to see who he serves. Jesus, could you be in a ministry? Let's celebrate our father, Bishop Kefa of mine. And Apostle Othniel Mobili, these are the men that pray for Kenya. We are enjoying peace because of this man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm finishing in two minutes. Could you be pursuing a father and you don't know what he carries? That means you're a servant. He said, Lord, open the eyes of this servant that he may see the kind of grace that is upon my life. When the man was dying, Joash cried and said, Elisha, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel. They never buried a man because Gehazi shifted from sonship to servanthood. And when they buried Elisha, they put the chariots in the grave. There is a time in America, men were praying next to grave of their generals. So that whatever they carried could come back. That's witchcraft. Kenya, 90% of our fathers are still alive. We will not wait for them to die to go and look for their graves. We shall honor them when they are here. Let them smell the sweetness of the rose when they can still smell. Not giving them a general send-off, yet we treated them as ordinary casual men. He said, I will restore the hearts of the fathers to the children, lest a curse. Our fathers are still there. They are still available. The Bible says there was war. They threw a dead soldier in the grave. He resurrected. Why? That anointing could not work in a living servant. 
it needed a dead man to be alive in God. There are many living sons. They need to die to receive a living mantle. That's why after Elisha the moves of God delayed because servants were introduced who had appetite. This is what Elijah Elisha told Gehazi it is not a time for the money. We didn't come to prophesy to kings to get envelopes because my cry was so that Naaman can know there is a prophet in Israel and abandon their idols. We will not go to state house because of envelopes. A time is coming where we shall bless presidents. Raise an offering and bless them. And tell them as a church, we bless you. A man of God in Kakamega was praying for a governor. And he said, we want to bless you. And they raised an offering. He said, we have to reverse the curse. Where when a politician comes, we think it's money. He said, the time to bless them has come. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate. That must be a father. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Kenya, I came to tell you, we are not a nation without fathers. Let me throw the final word. There is a level of sonship. And then there is another level called bond servant. When you're a born servant, you give your ID to your father. Tell him, dear you owe me. Men that carried Jesus was a born servant. I know we always say, every knee will bow. But read the previous scripture. The Bible says, he humbled himself and to death on the cross he became a spawn servant and God said now I can give you a name that is above every name that when the, at the name of Jesus every knee will bow sons are trusted born servants are and let me give it in our own context you have two households one comes and tells you I am your servant forever these are my documents keep them and the other one you have a contract of one year and you need something from the safe who will you send not the one for one year you will tell the bond servant Apo juu ya draw kuna funguo ingia kwa safe kuna dollars weka hii pesa kadhaa chukua uba nilete na usiambie nani There are people in our midst we know they are not going anywhere and that's all we can tell them I'm going to America preach for the next one month I can entrust you and I know I'll get reports but there are many rebels. Listen, is in Guoneza Shonesha. Uneza Shonesha Kola. Uneza and online and you listen to messages. 
and you operate with revelations but there is a system that launches men it is called fathers I know that system I am not on this platform because I'm the most anointed young man there are people who preach better than me but there is a father who pushes me and tells me son keep on going and I go back and I tell him father bless me here is JB, a picture of why Rev is standing. I am not preaching theory. The success of Rev is that whatever he does, he must drag the Father and tell him, come and see. Lest we begin a revival where the fathers are crying and saying, whatever we saw in our day, this is an exchange. This is not what was there. And the sons are shouting, saying revival. And the fathers are saying, no. This is what used to happen in Bible study. You have not even touched how the Holy Ghost used to move in the service. That's why we need to honor fathers. David showed up in a battle. And the Bible says it was the battle of giants. But these were the sons of the giant. And David was weak. And they took David. They said, don't go for battle. You are the light of Israel. But this man knew, as a father, you have four stones that you never used. Because the day you went for Goliath, you did your intelligence, and you realized Goliath has relatives, and there are five giants. And so, dad, I know you have the stones, but you don't have the muscles to fight things that are fighting a generation. Every generation has its own giants. One of the giants had six fingers. It is called the giant of LGBTQ. One day a man came and told my father, I'm struggling with masturbation. He said, Tafuta Pastor T. He's only giants. Such generation yao. Sisi to the deal na giants. Such generation yetu. I came to tell my generation. Our fathers will not kill our giants. We need them for impartation. But we must step out. Go to our high school. Go to our colleges. Go to the media. Go to Facebook. Go on Twitter. And begin to say the giants of LGBTQ will not kill a generation. The giant of making men feel they want to be like women will not take a generation out. The giant of secular music will not take a generation. The giant of sex, the giant of sponsors, our fathers value marriage, but there is a generation that does not value. When the fathers speak, they look at them and say, you at least you have stayed 50 years. But when we speak, we speak to the matters that are affecting our generation. I came to declare, let the fathers give us the stones. We are ready for the giants of our generation. Kenya will not go to the dogs. There are programs that will go out on air. If all of us, if all of us, 20, 30,000 generated a hashtag today and we say hashtag 
take this madness out. For one week, there will be a board meeting. We are not fighting with swords. We are in the age of hashtag. You need a smartphone. There are things we must fire and raise men that can take the space. Territory is about space. He said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. The gates of hell. My time ended. I am eating on your break. So please shout slowly. That name church is Ecclesia. Somebody say Ecclesia. Ecclesia means a gathering of noble men that make verdicts concerning a territory. It is not Jaribu Yesu. No, Imekata. Jaribu Yesu. No. Iyo crusade ya Jaribu Yesu inaisha. Tunaenda tunambia watu unamuitaji Yesu. Iserikali unaitaji iserikali kwando ayako. Iserikali doitainua biashara yako unaitaji Yesu. And that ecclesia is from a Greek word. Today they are ordaining governors. The MCAs will sit to determine the affairs of Nairobi. The church is like those MCAs. When they gather, can I tell you the truth? Your Bishop Ireri and the prayer team, in the spirit, they have already given the sword to the next president. In the spirit. You heard what Apostle Kevani said? The court above supreme has already ruled. These others are formalities. Now, that is the church. They just take a seat and they ask, who is God saying? No democracy, who is God saying? So and so. We call you in the spirit. Sit here, take the sword, lead Kenya. And as we are watching news, they are waiting for news to be implemented. That now, I have managed to penetrate in their meetings because I don't hang out with my age mates. I hang out with fathers. I am like Zacchaeus in their meetings. I am short and intimidated. People are saying, I just launched a project of a city worth one billion. It shall take us five billion. Me, I'm believing God for 4.5 acres of land. They are launching cities at that level. You don't pray for church. You begin to say, Lord, I need a city. Men are building cities, not churches. Ecclesia, a gathering of noble men that control the affairs of a territory. Twelve can gather, hold their hands, and reverse a war. Right now, this is not a church. This is the ecclesia. This is a gathering of noble men that can direct Kenya in the next five years. And we are declaring as a church for prospering as a nation has come. We are declaring as the ecclesia, as the Bible says, we shall see the Lord in the land of the living. Kenya, you are the land of our living. The altar of Yahweh shall rule this land. Any other altar has no power. 
LGBTQ. You can't take our children away. We denounce your rules. We cast your money as a church. We announce no more fires in our high schools. The only fire permitted is the fire of the Holy Ghost. Our children will prophesy. We announce any media sound that addresses marriages. We close the sound in the realm of the spirit. Our airwaves will not pollute atmosphere. They shall speak peace. They shall speak hope. They shall declare verdicts. And we announce this is the 13th parliament. 13 is an evil number. We overrule the assignment of that number. We announce this parliament will not be a parliament of chaos. It will be a parliament of progress. Whoever has taken, not who will take, we know who has taken. Whoever has taken the seat of the president, as a judge we declare, whatever hijacks thrones in this season, it will not hijack the throne. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And as a nation, we declare, we are moving from that world to second world, to first world. By the verdict of this revival, economies are going to shift. Men are going to handle wealth. Transaction is happening. The wealth of the wicked is given to the saints. Let me make the final request. Please, church, the wealth of nations is transported by the sea. We are taking you out of the boat. Begin to tread in the sea. May that pathway be taken by the saints. Owners of ships, vessels. Rev will tell you, businesses and prices are not set at the dock. They are set in the waters. They can reach somewhere and say, go and wait in Dubai for two days. After two days, fuel will ascend in Kenya. And the oil you bought at this amount, you'll sell at this amount. We need men. The Bible says, the pathways of the seas, that's where wealth, the tribe of Sabloom that was planted by the sea must arise. This is what I sense in my spirit. Majority of the people in this meeting are business people. Because the grace of the convener is business. And I declare another level of transaction. If you're a businessman, lift up your hand. This is what happens. The tribe of Zabloom was a friend of the tribe of Issachar. Business is about understanding times and seasons. You are a tribe of Zabloom. But I release now the grace of Issachar. You will know before time, your time and season, and none of your time shall be taken out. We release you to prosper. 
And out of this meeting, as it was in the days of Bonkey, five or three cowboys financed his revivals. May the Lord raise our cowboys that one man can stand as a kingdom billionaire and say, Rev, give me the budget for the next rema. I want to deposit. The days of fundraiser are over. May the Lord raise men. That know the value of their wealth. We will not lift our eyes to the politicians again. We will raise men that understand kingdom functions. We are moving from building churches to cities. We are getting into territories. We are building Christian international schools. When they change CBC, we don't teach CBC. We teach Christianity. And our schools will be the best. Universities. Multi-billion companies. Malls. Restaurants. That play gospel. One statement. As I invite the one who finishes. Where I come from. You can go and visit Kichabi. They don't sell alcohol. They don't sell cigarettes. Kijabe was a Christian town. And you go and ask for a shop. And they see alcohol, they close it. Imagine you have a five-floor story building. And a person comes and says, I want to open a club. You tell them, I perish with your money. That is how it is not in prayer. Change Kenya. No. The question is, Lord, in this territory, make me a voice. So they can't open clubs. Right now we have 290 Christian TV stations. But none has broken the ceiling. Because only four are being had. How will we take the mountain of media? Not by mediocrity. Christian movies that you watch like God's not dead. And you feel like saying, I want to receive Jesus again again. How will I help you know that the king said go to the camp of Israel and get me the men. Majority of the executive CEOs are members of churches. They are making profits in Babylon and they go to a Mabati church. Ah, ah. You can't build Babylon. And the church is dying. Before you go, we'll say where. Oh, you want to be a CEO in Babylon to write proposals. Can you write a proposal for our festival? Oh, you want to be a resource mobilizer in an NGO? Can you resource mobilize for the church first? Babylon will not take our own at the expense of our raising. I call you back to Zion. I declare on this altar. Another breed of men is rising. The giants 
of our time must know we are here. God bless you.